Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this Steve. I don't know. My, Steve. my voice broke. Steve. This is puberty. Streaming things. Welcome back. We're so excited to have you here. Oh my goodness. I've been looking forward to this since we stopped recording last week. I'll be honest with you guys. I've got nothing else going on other than my lovely wife. I mean, really, son. we record these episodes. I go home, I fall asleep, and do not awaken until the next week hath passed. <laughs> the next week. He goes into a uh, hibernation yeah, and rises like uh, Steve's own mini Easter. Yeah, The tomb is empty right now because mm-hmm. I'm out here. I'm more of a tomb half full kind of guy. <laughs> Easter jokes. <laughs> Timely Easter Timely. jokes. <laughs> I still think that's the funniest thing I've ever said. My wife uh, disagrees. Is all I can say about that. If you've never listened to the show before, we here on Streaming Things are dedicated. We've dedicated our lives, in fact, to uh, being the shield that guards the realms of men against bad things to watch via streaming. So we, we, we try to watch it all for you and pick what's good, talk about some things, and, and just give just sharp intellectual biting criticism about each thing that we watch so that you can have your lives enriched. That's what we do here. Masticating. Yeah. Go listen to the Kong versus Godzilla episode. You're, oh. here, you're here. Some biting criticism oh, and goodness. Not- and just so deft and so intelligent. <laughs> I don't know if I would say intelligent. Oh, I would very emotional. Ask me that episode's very emotional. I agree. Steve felt some kind of way. He told us how he really felt. I felt attacked. And we normally try to be positive, but sometimes you just can't muster it. You know, life just beats you down. It's been a hard year. And uh, sometimes it comes out and we take it out on, you know, Godzilla yeah. v. Kong. I've been, feeling, I've been feeling real guilty since that episode because I went so hard on that. And like this whole week, I'm like, man, I feel real bad. Adam Wingard just calls you and leaves a voicemail crying. Yeah, I know Adam Wingard is a <laughs> just a huge fan of the show, and I really... Is that who that was? I keep getting phone calls from an unlisted number. It's just a guy whimpering, and I'm just like, who is this? Stop calling. Breathing. Just heavy breathing. <laughs> <laughs> so we're so excited to hear. Uh, you probably know, just because you read the title of the show, if nothing else, that this is the mailbag episode. Mailbag. <laughs> Do we have a mailbag bumper? No, we can make one later with Steve going mailbag. Yeah, oh, we can do that. Yeah, I have a song right now. I'm thinking of. I'm just gonna. It's here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me no. Wait, when it comes mailbag, mailbag. So we've had uh, some listeners. Uh, actually, a whole plethora of them. We've chose chosen. I wouldn't say the best questions, but just the ones that stood out to us. So. Happy to have that here. So yes, yeah, thank you guys for writing in. Thank you so much. We always love to, to, I don't know if we hear your words per se. We need to get some kind of method by which to have voicemails because I would like to hear their beautiful voices one day. Mm-hmm. Text to voice, bro. But we like reading the beautiful characters on our screens just as much, I would say. So thank you so much for writing into streamingthingspod at gmail.com. We are uh, entering your ear holes right now through the host that is Buzzsprout. We're very grateful to be hosted by Buzzsprout. And if you have a podcast or you're thinking about starting a podcast, you can uh, join Buzzsprout as well. Click the link that's in the show notes so that they know that we sent you and you will receive a $20 Amazon gift card from Buzzsprout for using that link and signing up for a paid subscription to have your podcast hosted by them. We have found their service to be uh, infinitely useful. Steve, I mean, you're the one that is in charge of doing all the legwork on uploading yeah. and whatnot. How easy have you found Buzzsprout to be? 
Buzzsprout's really, really easy. We used it a while ago in a previous podcast I was a part of. I loved it then. Uh, one thing I want to shout out to listeners that is apt. Uh, before in the show notes, we we did time codes where I would write, I would physically type out, you know, if you want to skip to check the gate or our uh, Injustice, Injustice, our Justice League's um, mm-hmm. review, or these are the timestamps that you have to scrub to. Not anymore with Buzzsprout. May! You can literally go into your show notes, scroll all the way down to the bottom, and you can literally press a button like, oh, I want to skip straight to check the gate you press check the gate on the timestamp boom it just takes you right there that was a hypothetical you would never want to do that right that is our weakest segment by far (laughs) (laughs) but for those that do enjoy news they can get literally anywhere else check the gates for you We'll be doing that later. Yeah, so uh, sign up for that link if you want to start your own show. And if you do start your own show, email us. Let us know what it is. Maybe we'll give it a listen. By the way, that just reminds me. and we, We've had an exhausting week at our day jobs, folks. We're just not there yet where we can focus all of our just myriad brain cells on this podcast alone. I don't think we have a, a plan for next week's episode because uh, the gods are cruel and Mortal Kombat has been pushed back from the 16th to the 23rd. Oh, man. So that leaves us ass out, as they say, on next week's episode. So maybe we'll have a stroke of inspiration before this recording's done. But as of right now, I have a couple ideas. Next Mm. week's a mystery episode. Yeah. So we could if we have some time at the end of the show, we could just debate it live for our uh, beloved listeners. But if nothing else, just stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter. I'm uh, at C. Michael Wrights. Andy, what's your Twitter? I am at Andy most days. And Steve? I am at Steve May 13. He's the 13th of his name. Mm. And uh, you might find one of us tweeting what the next episode is going to be about. Who knows? You'd have to follow to find out. Gosh, darn it. Yeah. Uh, Let's start it off with uh, the crossing stream segment where we dive into the things we've been streaming since last we met. Andrew, what have you been up to, my friend? I've been streaming a couple of things. Um, I watched all of uh, Fede Alvarez's new Apple TV Plus show, Calls. Now, there, I did kind of ruin my crossing streams for you guys. Dear listener, you were not aware of this, but we, uh, when Chris showed up today, me and Steve were sitting with rapt attention watching calls. I, I, it was so good that I was like, Steve, we need to stop what we're doing, stop putting the, uh, the show together, as it were, and go watch this fucking thing, man, because it's yeah. going to blow your mind. Chris, I know you walked in and it was chaos on the screen. You chaos, didn't know what was utter. going on. You literally only missed like five minutes. Like it, it ramps fast. Uh, so calls is a, uh, Apple TV original. Uh, created by Fede Alvarez. It's based off of a uh, French show, also called Calls, created by uh, Timothy Is Hoshay. Calls the French word for calls? Uh, I don't know, honestly. Uh, La Cole? Um, Sorry. I think so. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. I'm going to Google it. Um, I, I, I think it'd be like Telefone or something. Uh, <laughs> But uh, anyway, so the premise of Calls is that it is essentially an auditory experience uh, an auditory fictional much story. like this show much like the show it if you've ever listened to any it's appels appels okay on uh, apple tv plus <laughs> <laughs> so appel is uh, um like what you call yourself so you say Jim, Jim appel it's i call myself andy um anyway uh, um so french things <laughs> <laughs> So it, it is essentially a visual version of a fictional podcast. And what you see on the entire story is told essentially via phone calls. Surprise. That's why it's called calls. And uh, what you see on screen is ultimately just a stylized transcript of what you are hearing. And it is fucking bonkers. It is so good. 
It is essentially what if Twilight Zone was an auditor was a radio show uh, is the best way that I can describe it. It is nine episodes, each one about like 15 to 20 minutes. And it is uh, a bunch of standalone stories that as the show progresses, you start to recognize some similarities in the stories that you're experiencing. And then ultimately they kind of tie together towards the, towards the end of it. I don't, I feel like that's not super spoiling. I don't want to talk too much about what the actual plots are. Sure. Cause one, they, they all are standalone. Um, but two, like it is twisty and juicy as, as the kids say. That's and actually how it's advertised on that. Yes, <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, it is a wonderful show. Uh, do yourself a favor. Dude. Spend two hours. Uh, you can binge the whole thing that quickly. Yeah, listener, give it a shot. Like I literally, when we when I walked into this house today, barely two hours ago, um, I had never even heard of the show. And Andy's like, "Dude, we got to watch this." So we sat down, and it, the episode we watched was like what, like sixteen minutes long, something like that. Yeah, and. For 16 minutes, I was watching a screen that literally just had like a waveform and some typography text and voices that you could hear. And I was just wrapped. I was glued to that screen, even though there's like really no visuals other than a waveform and text. Right. Just and the it words. was just intense. And like it ended. And I was like, whoo, boys, <laughs> you, I got to. I just got to walk around. I'm <laughs> Do you remember uh, like the Windows Media Player when we were? teenagers oh yeah with that like circular and you would listen to the wave you would watch like the wavelength art to yeah. different music mm-hmm. you know the song would change how it didn't they like playstation 3 have that kind of stuff it too? did you're right yeah. Yeah. you're right yeah so that's what it reminded me of like a really good version of that of course <laughs> it is absolutely wonderful and the cast is stacked listen to this it's got aubrey plaza clancy brown showing up again it's got rosario Dar- dawson uh mark duplass I assume that's not Duplass. Duplass. I, um, I don't know that one. It's Duplass. Duplass. You know, you, you know Marky <laughs> it's Mark. Duplass. Oh, Marky Mark. He's in uh, Creep. Uh, if you guys ever watched that horror movie, du- Duplass. Wonderful. Or um, Safety Not Guaranteed. Also wonderful. Movie. Also a great TLC song. It's got Nick Jonas, Joey <laughs> King. It's got Aaron Taylor Johnson, Lily Collins, Judy Greer, Danny Houston, mm. Riley Keough, Stephen Lang. Uh, Karen Gillan, the that Scottish beauty. I love her so much. Pedro Pascal, Danny Beauty, nah. Ben Schwartz. That's a uh, that's a Jennifer great cast. Tilly. That's a very diverse the, cast too. In terms of yeah. Do you range. think it was like a like a quarantine based inspiration? That is the uh, feeling that I had watching it. Um, that is like, hey, how can we make something interesting without when we cannot get together to film something? Right. And this came out of it. Now it is based off of a French TV show that actually came out. Uh, four years ago, uh, again, also called Calls or Apple. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, and I watched the I did not watch the show. I, I'm trying to figure out how I can watch it and have it be subtitled in American uh, in American Jesus. In, in American. Uh, American. While I speak a we tiny speak bit of American French. in this household. <laughs> I speak a tiny bit of French, but definitely not enough to be able to just watch a French show and have any idea what's going on. Uh, but I did watch the, and it's on YouTube, the short film on which the eventual French show was based. So many layers. Yes. Um, it's fucking shows all the way down. And it is <laughs> pretty much, not exactly, but pretty much dead on the pilot uh, that we just watched. Uh, oh, really? Only it's French people. Um, and it was excellent so, and, so there's more cigarettes but it's pretty much the same you can um, you can hear them smoking you just 
Sorry. I'm the tag. So that's calls. <laughs> that is calls. You can find it on Apple TV Plus. Andy, do you have anything else you've nope. been streaming? Just Steve, what the hell have you been up to? Yo, giggle uh, box. Sorry, Andy just quoted like a, a meme video from 2004 <laughs> that I hadn't thought of in Fantasy forever. Missiles. Fantasy missiles. I'm the tag. Uh, what was that called? Uh, the end of the world. The end of the world. Okay, yeah, that was that man. That was a blast from the past. Maybe, hopefully, listener, you've seen that because it was a hoot back in the day when people still watch flash animation videos <laughs> for fun. Um, so I was on vacation from work this week. However, it did not feel like it. Uh, I was painting my house by myself almost the entire weekend. So loser, I didn't stream as much as I wanted to. However, I did stream some things. What'd you stream? I finally got around to streaming season two of The Boys. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon Prime, The Boys. If you're not familiar, it's kind of like imagine the Justice League, but if they were all dicks. Um, if Marvel existed, but Marvel actually created the superheroes and they were real and then also made movies featuring those superheroes that they created and made real. <laughs> yeah, I'm following. Um and then there's a, the, the main characters, the boys, are not part of the superheroes. They're normal people who realize that the superhero, quote unquote, characters are flawed and are actual human beings who are given these godlike powers. So they all kind of act in duplicitous ways. Some of them are horrible, psychotic monsters like your Homelander, who's basically like a depraved Superman who has an odd fixation on breast milk. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but it's, it's such a good show. It's fucked up in such a good way. Um, like a lot of It's very gory. It's very graphic, but um, the characters are great in it. Like um, shoot, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Carl Urban is great as Billy the butcher. Who's like the leader of the boys. Who's he's just, this British guy who's like, we're going to kill all these soups. Oh, we're going to do it. Uh, <laughs> fucking beauty. <laughs> but I really love uh, Anthony Starr. He plays Homelander. He's the evil, psychotic Superman. That dude is so good in that role because every single scene he's in, you're on the edge of your seat because like this guy could snap and just kill everyone at any second. Yeah. But at the same time, he plays the character charismatically enough where you like you enjoy watching him because he's genuinely funny. But in a messed up yeah, he way, he plays that so well because he's it's a Superman character, but he's very emotionally vulnerable. And, yeah, uh, I don't know. He just yeah, it makes it even more terrifying that he could emotionally snap rather than just be evil. You know what I mean? He's just clearly just fucked up in the head, not yeah. evil. Because like at first glance, you could say yeah, he's super evil, but then when you really look at it, like that dude's life is fucked up, and so as a result, he's fucked up. Yeah, and. Again, he's just a terrifying presence. Um, there's another character that they add um, in this season, um, Stormfront. Mm -hmm. I won't like get into she her story, but so her a good job. But that actress is great, and I really liked the kind of foil that she added to the mix. And you know, all those, all that cast is great. I don't know, like I think season one is just so perfect. I don't think season two quite reaches that heights, but it, it still was such a joy. Um, there were several characters in season two that I felt like were like, what are we doing with them? Yeah. What's uh, what's going on with the deep? Yeah, the deep storyline uh, <laughs> was kind of goofy. It's weird because the comics on which it's based, is it's a Garth Ennis uh, comic series, and I've read most of them. And it's even more fucked up, if you can believe it, than the show, like by far. Mm -hmm. uh, Garth Ennis is the one who created uh, Preacher. 
And oh, okay. he writes this whole um, introduction to the comic series where he's talking about how can I out preacher preacher? And if you don't know preacher, preacher is also an extremely graphic off the wall story. And so he submitted it to his editors like, you know, <laughs> I did one better. And they're like, no fucking way. I don't think we can even pub- publish anything worse <laughs> than that. Uh, so anyway, that's what the comic series is like. But the, it's nothing like the show. I mean, all the characters are there. But as far as the plot and how the mm-hmm. boys are, it's vastly different. But not in a bad way. It's not where I'm like, oh, the comics are better or the show's better. It's just they're both pretty extremely different to me. And I enjoy them both separately. But mm-hmm. so I think that's the struggle is like the, the material they're adapting is is kind of all over the place and they went in a way different direction early on. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like they're swimming without a paddle on a lot of those characters. Um, yeah, but I'm super interested in where it's going to go. I, I think season two of the boys was the most watched thing ever on Amazon prime, if I'm not mistaken. Really? So, I mean, season three should be a hoot and get tons of funding. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. The way season two ends, it, it, it it's one of those type of endings where it really throws a wrench into the whole show. Like, well, this changes everything now. Like, yeah. Everything's like the rules that you thought were the case in the first two seasons are not the case going forward. So right. it's a lot of like, what's going to happen next? What's going on? Um, but no, it's a really great show. Um, I really like in this season, the one thing I really love is they made it very modern in terms of like, they got, they get really into how media is used to oh, like, yeah. Stormfront's essentially like, how do I weaponize social media? Yeah. Yes. And th- they do it really, really well. And there's actually, it's, a, it's almost like a short film. It plays before the title credits. I forget what episode it is, but it's an episode of a guy. Um, he's a uh, Neil from community. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, where it's just this normal guy who loves his mom. He goes to work every day. Seems like a very generous, generous, or genuine person but he like everywhere he goes he's being inundated with like mainstream propaganda propaganda like a i don't know a fox news or a rush limbaugh type type situation mm-hmm. and it shows how someone who is a good person could believe the worst about uh, people who are different than him mm-hmm. and it shows his kind of like in like radicalization it, over like yeah in the course really of like well 3 minutes it is very poignant in showing how this person can go from a to a very b- bad Z, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's really well done. So go see the boys, Amazon Prime, check it out. That is what I have been streaming this week. Thank you very much, gentlemen. What a wonderful crossing stream segment. I'm going to tie it up. I'm going to close it off now with what I've been streaming. Put a bow on it. Oh, shit. I'm what so a tired. I'm trying to turn it into like a good show. You know what I mean? Like a <laughs> professional segue i ruined it because i'm like i'm (laughs) I'm segueing meta right now right but our listeners appreciate that uh i streamed a few things you guys probably i can't well i guess you didn't you would have talked about it i streamed the last blockbuster it's a documentary on netflix about the last blockbuster so (laughs) that's an airbnb now isn't it no it's still in business as of the end of the filming of the documentary at least so uh, for listeners who weren't alive <laughs> ever, uh, Blockbuster, obviously the biggest uh, movie rental chain in uh, global history, certainly in America. And uh, all of the Blockbusters slowly died out in recent years. There is one Blockbuster remaining, and it is in Bend, Oregon, where you can actually still show up and rent movies and video games and then have to return them in three days. And um, and but, it's overpriced. <laughs> maybe. Uh, the late fees suck. It's, it's, they, a, they still have the Pokemon Snap Machine where you can bring your memory cards, <laughs> plug it in, and get a sticker printed. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> it's, about that. It's a fascinating documentary uh, on a number of levels, especially if you were... I think it's it works no matter what because it's like 
you know, if you're 25 plus 30 years plus, and you have vivid memories of spending a ton of time in like movie rental places like we did, uh, then it's, it's nostalgia and it's really fascinating and you get to step back into that life and see how it's going now. And I feel like if you were younger, it would be interesting from like a, Oh, what a weird thing to do. Kind of fun thing. You know what I mean? Like, I can't believe people used to do that. They gave you a box and you had yeah. to like return it. And you could talk to someone about like what you might rent and ask them if it was any good. And that's weird. Um, that's like when we watch documentaries about people who traveling horse and buggy like wow why'd they do that yeah <laughs> uh it's got some really cool commentary like kevin smith plays a huge part uh on that on the documentary they talk to him a lot they talk to ron funches uh quite a bit i love ron funches he was like i was dying of laughter uh, i didn't even recognize him at first so i'm like who is this fucking guy and then i realized he's lost ron a funches. lot of weight in recent years yeah yeah it was crazy who was um, that He's a comedian. I mean, yeah. he's just a, he's a, not he voiced just. King shark in the Harley Quinn does a lot show. of voice work, but he's, he's a, he's a good stand up. Yeah. And, he's uh, really funny. He's hilarious. But okay. the last blockbuster is fascinating because they kind of spend, I didn't, ex- I thought it was just going to be a nostalgia trip, but they talk about, and it's funny that it's on Netflix. So there's a little bit of meta there, but it's basically <laughs> about how Netflix did not kill blockbuster. Uh, it's <laughs> hilarious. So it sounds like a uh, big Netflix is trying to <laughs> scrub their role in history. Stop the steal. So uh, apparently it's got the former CFO of blockbuster. So it's pretty either they paid him a lot of money to make this shit up or it's pretty believable. But, uh, you know, he talks about how there was a lot of things going into it where it was sort of a dying business anyway. Uh, anyway, it's fascinating no matter what, but I, I was brought to tears during it at one point. The, it's more about the general manager of the last remaining blockbuster and how much she loves her job. She's worked there for 14 years and uh, how close she is with all of her staff and, her staff have children now and they all come to her house and it's, it's really heartwarming and it's fascinating how she keeps it running because back in the day you would, uh, cause you can't really be sad about blockbuster itself. That was a business that in itself killed thousands of mom and pop video store businesses. Like mm-hmm. it's not this beloved company. Like we would like, like to make it out. It's not a, uh, an underdog. Like this was a corporation that destroyed a lot of businesses. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and it just happened to them. So whatever. But when you see the people that are behind it and were affected by it, it's like, oh, you know, um, did they show Russell Crowe's jockstrap? Yes. Gladiator? <laughs> That's a huge nice. part of it. So and I don't want to spoil it. It had to do with like John Oliver and the mm-hmm. last three blockbusters in Alaska. Those all have made it to the final blockbuster. And uh, you'll see when you watch the documentary what we're talking about, because I don't want to. It's not really a spoiler. It's a documentary, but it's still a neat little uh, aside in the film. But how she keeps it running back in the day, you would have these production companies send you, you know, dozens or hundreds of VHS or DVD or Blu-ray copies of their film and, you know, rent them out to people. But nobody does that anymore because renting movies is not a thing. So she has to literally go to Target and buy like multiple copies of the newest movies to then take back to the store to rent out like that's the or order them off Amazon if she can't find them. And if they don't have it, when you go to rent the the movie, then she, you write it down and she'll go get it for you so that they have it on file at the, at the store, which I thought was the most fascinating thing. Like she spends so much time outside the store, like stocking the store now uh, because nobody's going to like 
you know, Paramount's not going to ship her, you know, <laughs> James Bond movies. It's how, does, how does, how uh, does, sorry, that's, I got to watch this documentary then because that sounds like not an efficient business it's model. It's definitely not at all. But I mean, <laughs> the people, the people of Bend, Oregon, uh, they still use it. I would go there if it were low, if it was in Cincinnati, sure, yeah. I would a hundred percent have a blockbuster card. Uh, just, I love perusing the shelves and talking to other people and it, you know, it'd be fun. But anyway, I don't want to wax too poetic on last blockbuster too long. Uh, but I would definitely check it out. It's on Netflix. It's easy to watch. It's a kind of a long doc, but it's a, a good sit, especially if you like, you know, like Ron Funches you and sold Kevin, me on Smith. Kevin Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's hilarious. Right. Um, I've also been watching a show on HBO max and it is called made for love. Have you guys heard of made for love? No. It's kind of flying under the radar, making me a little mad. Uh, it's got Krista Milioti is the main star. Oh, I love her. She is having like a Miliata sans, I feel like. She's mm-hmm. popping up everywhere. She's doing damn good work. And I love this show. So the plot somewhere on IMDb says, a young woman on the run after 10 years in a suffocating marriage to a tech billionaire suddenly realizes that her husband has implanted a revolutionary monitoring device in her brain that allows him to track her every move. Um, it's shot out of sequence. Uh, the cinematography He's fantastic. Krista Miliotti carries the show on her back along with Ray Romano plot twist. He's he's actually a really, I feel like that impersonation was like denigrating him, but he's actually a really phenomenal dramatic actor in the, in recent years. Oh yeah. Like Uh, in the big sick. Yeah. Yeah. He was in a, she was an HBO movie. All of a sudden, what was an HBO movie that came out? Bad. uh, Hugh Jackman. That's uh, the teacher. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, bu- 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 I watched it. I really liked it. Bad Ray, well, Ray Romano something. was really good in it. Yes. Yeah. He You're was right. like the P- PTA leader. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's like the, the co-piece of shit. We you all the money. <laughs> you. Yeah, that's exactly what it sounded like. My brother's tall. It's also got uh, <laughs> Made for Love has Billy Magnuson as well. So this is uh, written by Alyssa Nutting, uh, which is based on uh, a novel that she also wrote. And uh, I don't know. I, you got to check the show out. Not enough people are talking about it. So is it a thriller? Like, what's the? It tone? is. It's comedic. Uh, that's what I tweeted at her, and I was like, I just don't understand how you wrote this. Like, you know, every now and then you come across something where you're, you sometimes you see something is like that's fantastic. I see, you know, how smart you are. That's wow. And then you see things like I don't know how you did this. I would have this would have crumbled under you know my watch hmm. uh, because it just so good at balancing the tones. It's definitely a thriller. There's some really uncomfortable imagery. It's very violent. And the subject matter is pretty dark, uh, extremely dark rather. And yet it is funny as hell too. Kristen Miotti hilarious. Even Billy Magnuson, who's quote unquote, the villain is uh, objectively the villain. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I put it in quotes uh, is, is, is uh, pretty funny at times. Um, and, but it, it raises some interesting questions about like, where is the space for privacy in a romantic relationship? Um, Cause they have an extremely toxic relationship. He's just a straight, horrible, abusive person. Uh, but you start thinking like, where is, where are the boundaries? And, in a, a marriage. Do you know what I mean? Where do I draw the line? Where do I get to be my own person? Is that a secret or a lie? You know, that kind of thing. So um, I'm three episodes in. I've got another episode to watch uh, when I get home. I got like three shows I'm watching right now with new apps. What's that called again? Made for Love Made on for HBO love. Max. So I have that Invincible and Falcon and the Winter Soldier to watch when I get home. You got a busy, busy day. I do. I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> so the last thing that I streamed is the most important to me. It's called Shiva Baby. Have you guys heard of this movie? Mm. Nope. No. So I rented it, I think for like seven bucks on Apple TV. So it's not 
something that you can easily access or you can is access it, it all it for free. It is. It's brand new. It should okay. it should be in theaters and probably is in parts of the world. Uh, it's written and directed by Emma Seligman uh, and stars Rachel Sennett, with who I think that's how you pronounce it. I hadn't heard of her, but she is fucking hilarious. Uh, immediately followed her on Twitter. I mean, she's just she's got a wonderful energy is all I can say. So this movie has been described as uh, a comedic uncut gems, which I think is a little bit, (laughs) I think it's a little bit reductive, but I definitely see the parallels. So it's about a a Jewish funeral service, uh, a woman at a Jewish funeral service with her parents. um, And she like runs into her sugar daddy and all of these uh, shenanigans ensue. And it's all in one location in one area and just running into different people throughout the house and these awkward tense situations. And it does make you want to rake your eyes out much like uncut gems with just like people talking over each other and a bunch of chaos, but it's funny as hell. So it's a little bit different, obviously. Um, I cannot stop thinking about this movie and how creative it is. Uh, and I'm super excited to see what these people do next. So that's Shiva baby. Please watch it. I want to, I want to see what you guys think. Shiva like, S H I V A H or S H I V A like Shiva, like sitting oh, okay. Shiva. Oh, okay. Uh, none of us are Jewish. So we apologize uh, in advance, but yeah, I definitely want you guys to watch it so we can talk about it because it has not left my brain. Mm. So that's what I've been streaming. Thank you so much for listening to us, folks. We like to tell you what we've been streaming. Now it's time for everyone's favorite segment that they probably already skipped straight to. <laughs> Clearly check the gate. <laughs> Yeah, check it. What that guy said, which kind of sounds like me being silly every time, every time I hear it. That is you. Is it? Yeah, that's you. I don't remember saying that. Do the voice, Chris. That 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 bumper has clips of all three of us thrown in. Like the one who goes, check it. That's Andy. Uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> we don't even do yeah. drugs. <laughs> wow. I love how I made this bumper years ago. And like, we all did that together. No one remembers it. So when I bring the bumper back and he's like, oh shit, we made that. Wow. Good job, Steve. <laughs> he's all pissed. Like why you guys didn't invite me to check the gate recording. <laughs> You're in you it. in it. Wow. Okay. So. Uh, we all watched the Loki trailer, I presume. Yes. I don't know if it even belongs in this segment, but that's where I put it in my notes. There's a new Loki trailer. There is. It's great. I think this is going to be the best Disney Plus Marvel extension. That's my prediction. Now, the trailer could be misleading, but it looks phenomenal. Like WandaVision started wonderful and creative and ended eh. Right. But it was still a great set. It super fell apart. I, I just really disappointed in Falcon and the Winter Soldier so far personally. And I don't know what could happen that would save it for me. But Loki looks damn good. Super interesting. And apparently, from what I can tell from the trailer, it's about Owen Wilson giving out mustache rides through time. Oh, shit. Wow. 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 <laughs> Is that the impression you guys got? What do you guys think of the trailer? You're going to really like my mustache ride. <laughs> Sounds really You're good. Love it. 
So you guys like the trailer as well. Tommy. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, the, the first trailer that released a couple months ago was great. Uh, but this one, I mean, I really like the style and look of the, of the series. I, I'm loving that Owen Wilson is a much larger part than I originally thought from the original trailer. This trailer makes it seem like Owen Wilson's like there the whole time. It's the show. And I love Owen Wilson. So more of him, please. And, I just like the idea of Loki going through time and trying to be in time police because they're like time cops, right? It like reminds that organization me of that, in. that episode of Rick and Morty uh, with like the, the creatures that look like testicles that yeah. were in charge of. Uh, Yo, man, we went too far. <laughs> yeah, those guys. Those guys. I did not watch this trailer. Um, you need to check it out. We'll watch it after we record. I think yeah. it'd be good. To, I, don't, I keep saying I usually don't watch trailers. Apparently I watch trailers now, now that we have to do streaming things. Right. So I don't want to be the idiot that it, is it good? Is it good? And I, people I, are listening. I, like I come good. to you, Christopher, for knowing if it's good. Cause that's why people come. Like they lean on yeah. me and yeah. it's, it's, it's a pressure. You're their rock. Honestly, I feel like when they're sometimes, not strong. You'll yeah. Be their friend. Yeah. Did you just make that up? it's <laughs> beautiful andrew uh also so sony pictures will now have netflix as its permanent streaming home after theatrical release i don't know how much this costs them but uh so everything owned by sony which is a lot of ip pretty sure it's a couple bucks yeah probably at least, <laughs> at least 10 um so it will still have a normal theatrical run and then a normal pause between that and a typical vod release but it'll go straight to netflix at that time and netflix only at the so vod that, point is the yes. last nail in the coffin for the last blockbuster is what you're saying <laughs> i mean i i don't know for that sure it's gonna be like you know she's gonna get like a soundflower account and she's gonna like download all these things on netflix and just like she's record just it onto a thumb drive yeah i think yeah. <laughs> I think the blockbuster will just survive because nobody's going there as it's like a, a thing now, a yeah. viable place to get the movie so much. It's just like, wow, this is neat. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that's good on Netflix. Netflix has been spending some dough. Put a flag in that. Cause I, I have some news I didn't write down, but I wanted to talk to you guys about it. It was all over Twitter and it was kind of enraging me. But anyway, uh, this is awesome. This is good news. Okay. Indiana Jones five. That's like, eh. It's bad news that that exists. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, yeah, didn't warrant another sequel, right? But this one will star Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Harrison Ford, and it's directed by James Mangold. I didn't know that. Motherfucker. Definitely going to watch it. (laughs) James Mangold, he did, um, remind me what he did. Is he... he uh, Logan, Logan, okay. three ten yes. to Yuma. Yes. Okay, so all kinds of good stuff. I knew he was good, but I was blanking on like the movies that he did. Three ten to Yuma is a very underrated western, and Logan, of course, is great. Uh, um, Ford v Ferrari. How dare I forget the wonderful dad movie that that is? I <laughs> somebody made a good joke about like, hey, like before I watch uh godzilla versus kong do i need to watch ford versus ferrari yes <laughs> so i can get all it. <laughs> the v movies are actually in the same universe um yeah i mean i have no desire to watch another indiana jones honestly and i don't even know where phoebe waller bridge is gonna fit into a story like that other than that she's fucking amazing and she they can just go gonna, wherever she wants she's playing shia labeouf's character they just recast yeah, I was gonna say, are they gonna completely <laughs> like just like ah my kid's dead oh, oh here's another one yeah. i had this kid with I kate capshaw two. from temple of doom <laughs> hey, who knows they can do anything. Indeed. Damn it. So this is the news I wanted to talk about. So we talked about it last week, I believe. I know we talked about it as friends. Uh, yeah, it was Andy's Check the Gate talking about uh, Knives Out 2 and 3 mm-hmm. owned by Netflix. So they finalized this deal and it ended up being about 478 to $500 million. 
that in part goes straight to Ryan Johnson, right? I think he gets like a hundred million of that or whatever. Um, and so this discourse popped up on Twitter about how Ryan Johnson is essentially the, the Jeff Bezos of film. What? And it was, it was, it was a whole three what? day thing where he makes too much money. He's why a would, union buster. He fucking, why would he get that much money in uh, what fucking world? <laughs> it gets worse. It gets worse. This, I, okay. Before you go any further, let me, let me ask you something. Is this simply because Ryan Johnson made the last Jedi? No, not that I could tell. So, so then this, I don't even know his name. I don't want to say his name. I'm not like doxing him. And he's got his, he got dragged enough as it is. This asshole on Twitter started tweeting about how his wife, and I'm sorry if I got any of the details of this wrong. I tried to black it out as much as I could. I was so angry. Karina Longworth, um, she has uh, a really famous podcast that does very well. And um, like, it's called, you must remember this. And it's a film podcast. Oh, I love that podcast. Yeah. That's Ryan Johnson's wife. Oh, that's dope. And she makes apparently a decent amount of money from Patreon. So then this discourse came up of if he gets a hundred million dollars from one movie, why does anyone have to pay for his wife's podcast? That's bullshit. What? I, don't, I don't even know how you could get there in your brain like but it was a whole thing so then there was this whole discourse about how the blank check podcast guys make 40 grand a month from their patreon and how that's bullshit because it's just a bunch of bros talking about movies and twitter just ate itself like the proverbial snake and boros I just want to put it out. I mean, we don't make any money. We actually, in fact, spend quite a money to do this and we're happy to do so because we love doing it. Right. But I would hate to think that if we ended up being able to do this for a living, that we would somehow be villainous in some way. Like who the fuck would knock the blank check guys for being successful? Like we pretend to support artists and we pretend to tell people to follow their dreams. And when somebody successfully does it, somehow they're an asshole now. And now this is probably a small sect of people that feel this way, but I was just yeah. like, how could anyone feel this way? I, uh, this is mind blowing. These I are, can, I mean, these I are could, indie artists that have succeeded and what I can kind of see where someone would connect the dots between like, why do I have to pay for Ryan Johnson's wife's podcast? He makes so much money. You I don't, mean, I mean, you don't like, I, I don't agree with him at all, but I can see where someone who, I can see where someone would make that connection. I have no idea how anyone would be like this. Like check guys. First off, fuck them for having so many things wrong with that though. You don't have to donate to her podcast. No, you don't B just because her husband makes a good amount of money. Doesn't, not give her the right to make her own income, right. which is absurd and exactly. sexist. Uh, and uh, like immediately attack the woman is, you know, was, is a viable criticism. What the fuck? Yeah. And even <laughs> the people defending Ryan in this thread of ugliness were like, I can't believe they're attacking Karina Longworth for making money in her podcast. If anything, fuck the blank check guys for making 40 grand a month. And I'm watching like, those guys, no, don't fuck them either. What the hell? What's going on right now? You're, you're also an indie film journalist who would love to make that much money and wouldn't feel like an asshole. If you did, what is going on right now? Just a bunch of ugly jealousy. Yeah. I think that just sounds like people 
being sour grapes that someone is making a career off something they wish they could make a career out of. Yeah. I mean, mean, like ditto, but I'm not knocking them for being better. I I would love it if we made that much money like the blank check guys, but you know, like whatever they're doing is working. I'm just happy to get an email. Bad baby made a million dollars in a day on OnlyFans. Go be mad about that. (laughs) Yes. That's another thing that was also don't be mad about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just stop being so mad. Also, Mind your fucking like, business. Le- like, there's a rule. There's several rules you can that apply to this. A, don't be an asshole. B, let people enjoy things. And C, if you don't like something, don't watch it. <laughs> it doesn't have to rule your life. But go watch <laughs> Knives Out because that movie's amazing. That movie is amazing. Deserves all the sequels, and he deserves all the money. The next bit of news: Ryan Johnson started an OnlyFans last night. <laughs> Ooh, and he just uploads sixty-second clips of Last Jedi and laughs in the background. It's the weirdest thing ever. But I subscribed. He's playing his little little guitar. It's it's banjo. It's banjo. It's banjo. A banjo is not a little guitar, Steve. Let the past die. <laughs> it's just more. Adam Driver's also in it. Uh, so everybody subscribed. Anyway, I think that's all of the news that you got here first. The hot, steaming, fresh takes you can get literally anywhere else. Now it's time for our main event. The first ever streaming things mailbag. 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 All right. So again, as we alluded earlier, we had a ton of good submissions. We're going to read as many as we can. And Steve wanted to be a professional and have us curate this list and figure out which questions we were going to read when. And I said, nay, Steve, let's not confuse the listeners with just random professionalism out of nowhere. Let's do it the way we do it. Rushed, slightly nervous, stumbling, but full of heart. That's what we're known for. Andy, why is he calling me out? <laughs> I just want him Sweaty, to know. ugly, balding a little bit. <laughs> One day, people are going to hate on us for all the money we make. <laughs> and it's because of this lack of preparedness that we're going to get there. God damn it. The computer fell asleep on you, didn't the it? The laptop battery. <laughs> no, you, you would think I was stalling, but I'm not. I'm okay. just unable to be trusted with a microphone. Okay, so let's do this. This question comes in from listener Chloe Barber. Chloe. And she actually wrote quite a few. And some of these listeners wrote quite a few. And I'm going to come back and forth betwixt them. And I'm the only podcaster that uses the word betwixt more than once a year. And I just want to throw it out there. I'll get that award someday. (laughs) I'm going to make that award just for you and give it to you. This is a brilliant question full of intellect. Leonardo DiCaprio and George Clooney are both fighting for the position of best man at your wedding. Who do you choose and why? With this caveat. Also, since they are your friend, they will probably invite some of their famous rich friends to your wedding. So Mm, think of that. So Steve, George Clooney or Leo DiCaprio, which is your best man? Oh, gosh, this is kind of a weird one. And I guess it can be assumed Neither the other is not going to be like a groomsman. He's just not in it at all. He's not okay. even invited. Okay, so like if I invite George to be my best man, then Leo's not showing up. Correct. Like you're dead to him. Yeah, he's like <laughs> <laughs> he just gets mad. Like well, I'm not going to Steve's wedding. Yeah, uh, and Clooney's going to be there. Uh, that's an interesting question. So I I would probably my gut my knee jerk reaction is to pick Leo. Um, I'm a bigger fan of Leo's movies. Mm-hmm. I'm also a bigger fan of Leo's cast mates. I feel like the movies he's in star people I'm more fans of. Not not that I'm not. It's not. Clooney's not the same th- way, but. She just wrote friends. She didn't say people they had like worked with. 
necessarily. Oh, that's true. He so might not they be probably friends. both know the same people. I'd be scared to invite either of them. Does Leonardo DiCaprio have friends, though? Let's, let's be real. Well, I was going to say, like, I'm kind of worried. a bunch of Swedish models. <laughs> I was kind of worried to bring Leo, oh, okay, Leo right. to my wedding be. because, you know, he might just pick up on the closest 25-year-old that he sees. <laughs> like, Leo quit hitting on my cousin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to go with Leo. Leo's my choice. I see. I couldn't go with Leo because during his best man speech, he would just try to get everybody up in arms about climate change or something. It's an important topic. It's a super important topic, but like, you know, read the room. Leo is all I'm saying. Um, no, I'd have to go with George Clooney. He's a Kentucky boy. Um, so we might even have some of the same um, friends. Um, I've met his aunt. <laughs> we might have some of the same friends no, I, I, because I, the state is so small. I went to his school. We went to his school, I'm Andy. Sure did, did you know that George Clooney went to Northern Kentucky University I for like heard, a month? I heard that so many fucking <laughs> I, times. Listen, if you went to Northern Kentucky University, that's all you fucking ever hear about is how George Clooney went there. And then you're like, yeah, he was here a month. Well, he's from <laughs> like they have a statue. They don't, but they should. He's from Maze. Kentucky, which is a very small town, and yeah. you can imagine how proud they are of that. Well, the Clooney's are right. a big family around here. Yes, like uh, yeah. so. Andy's going Clooney. I'm going to go Clooney. I'm also going Clooney, and here's why: I've, I've, I've been thinking it out. I think Clooney's going to be. I also like Leo's movies a little more. I think Clooney's going to give the better best man speech. Uh, he's going to give the safer uh, uh, bachelor party. He's just going to be a better guest all oh, around. I didn't think about that. Leo's bachelor party would have been lit. <laughs> <laughs> like, Come on, man. You didn't think of that. Um, thank you, Chloe, for that question. She's got some more questions we'll come back to later. Now we've got David Og. Now, here's what's funny about that. I've always considered myself somewhat of a linguist, but I've been recently mispronouncing names so egregiously that I can never retain any respect you've lost all your confidence yes and now this this man is a big fan of the show and we very much appreciate him he only has two fucking letters in his last name and i'm really not confident that i'm saying it with the correct maybe it's, he, he abbreviates his last name maybe maybe it's like a part of a large like name. agamemnon it's david, <laughs> david okay, agamemnon. This, agamemnon. this question comes in from david, david agamemnon <laughs> okay and this is related to our uh really recent episodes why i picked this one because he wrote a few questions as well do you guys think Zack Snyder should continue the Justice League? Like, or like it, the Snyderverse in general? The Snyderverse in general. Andy, I'll, I'll throw it to you this time. Uh, no, because they're terrible movies. <laughs> None of them have been good. Uh, the first Wonder Woman was okay. And that is it. the Snyderverse's claim to fame. Uh, they are awful movies. The Snyder Cut was not a very good movie. It was much better than the original Justice League, but that's an extremely low bar to hurdle. You don't hurdle, you step over that bar. Um, no, yeah, they're, I, unless they fucking, I don't know, just switch to, never mind. No, I'm, I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> don't do it. I'm of two minds. Uh, part of me is with Andy. You're like, I just don't like those movies. They're not for me. But because something's not for me doesn't mean like I don't think they should be made. Um, so like uh, the other half of me says, yeah, he should make them. There seems to be people that are interested in the nightmare um, alternate reality that they're running towards. But at the same time, there's been, you know, the the Snyder cut super f toxic fans are now like review bombing Kong versus Godzilla. Like, uh, keep this what, what's their new thing like the Snyderverse like and they're probably the ones that are the super pissed about how much podcasters make but go on wait yeah. they're review bombing Godzilla yeah Congress, Congress Godzilla got review bombed by Snyder wait did that fans. have good reviews that it could be bombed well, it was gener actually generally well received yeah huh. you and I are in the minority and not liking that movie oh, okay um, 
but yeah, it was, and, and, and so part of me is like, yeah, release it because people are like interested in like, I kind of think it's weird to end it. Uh, you, you have to have this grand plan and it just never happens. But another part of me is like, yeah, but are you still rewarding that toxicity? Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit confusing, but I think, I think overall I'm erring towards, yeah, sure. Why not? If they want to make money or if they want to spend the money on it, sure. Why not? I'd just Chris? like to see someone else at the helm and I, you know, just start over. I, I yeah. you're not doing any of these characters justice. See what LOL. <laughs> no, so I don't know why I've been saying LOL spelled out unironically today, it's but it's the second it, time. Yeah. Raffle. I'm really disappointed in myself. Uh, I, I think in, in isolation, like without any of the, the factors that, you all were including like the toxic fandom and this and that. Yes. My answer would be yes. I would like to see yeah. now curse me for this if you must, but I would like to see the three hour, 45 minute sequel and the four hour finale. A pox upon your house. To the, a plague <laughs> of both your houses. Uh, I would like to see the remaining eight hours of this oh. trilogy. I really would, but I like where Andy's coming from too. Let someone else in the sense of, you know, that's, what's great about Marvel. Sometimes you get, you, you know, you get, Taika Waititi, um, you know, you get the Russo brothers. Um, what? You just said Taika Waititi, and the first thing that popped in my head is Taika Waititi dressed up as Batman. Like, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you bleed? Hey, hey. You will. <laughs> you will. Hey, where's the trigger? <laughs> Martha. <laughs> hey, why did you say that name? Why'd you say that name, bro? <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I think like Taika Waititi, you know, the Russo brothers, we almost got an Edgar Wright Ant-Man. You know what I mean? Almost. Oh yeah. I wish we could have had that. Uh, yeah, that would have been amazing. So any hoozle. moving on to some more questions. Let's do this. Uh, listener of the show, Enza. You play tw- oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Just play some random fucking sound clips, Steve. Just- I'm on the wrong soundboard. I went to do the, you said next question. And I was going to so here, say next question. Next question. You didn't do that between the last two questions. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> don't don't question my <laughs> questions. <laughs> I am sleep deprived. I've been filming Glee Club for hours. Glee Club. That's really what I've been doing all week. This is a good question from a good friend of the show, Enza. I feel like I know you guys a bit after all these hours spent listening to you, she writes. Oh. But still, I'm curious. Is this Enza? It is indeed. Oh. What are the shows and movies that shaped you? What did you watch when you were a kid? or a teenager that influenced who you are now. Steve, I'll throw it to you. Well, I think a few episodes back, I kind of went into how Star Wars kind of, re- like, like so I know it's not a very original thing, but Star Wars when I was a kid really kind of thrust throw me into it. To it. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to like quickly spat out the movies that really kind of shaped me in very pivotal points in my life, you know, E.T. is the first movie I remember watching and being, you know, in awe of. Star Wars was the first movie that really kind of got me in love with how movies are made. Shortly followed by Jurassic Park, which is, you know, a bell a bellwether. Is that the right term? It's like a watershed. It's a watershed moment in my career. I like it when I think of memories in my life, it's a AJP and BJP before Jurassic Park and after Jurassic Park. When did that happen in my life? Um and then uh, Spider-Man 2 is the other one. Uh, Spider-Man 2. The Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2? Yes. Okay. Uh, when I was in high school, we made a Spider-Man 2 parody called Spider-Mike. It's a 50-minute long short film um, called Spider-Mike. And it's ba- it follows the basic beats of Spider-Man 2, but like Spider-Man's an emo kid. But that was like the first real big. Oh, no, that's Spider-Man 3, bro. Yeah, I know, I know right? <laughs> he totally ripped off our movie. Uh, but that was like the first movie that like I made with friends and like 
wrote a script and you know we went out and filmed a thing we edited it and like people watched it and like i was in a film studies class and the 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 class outvoted the teacher because the teacher's like well we can watch casablanca or we can watch steve's film spider mike and like boo casablanca boo (laughs) spider mike let's watch that so yeah those are the films that really kind of shaped my life oh yeah andy what about Um, you buddy the movie we talked about the other day uh and we text we were in our group text talking about it and i referred to it as um the how chris and andy became who they are movie and that is almost famous uh, that movie, uh, I've always been in love with music and I've always, uh, wanted to be a writer. That movie is the reason that I went to school, uh, and studied English. Um, it absolutely, uh, shaped who I am as a person, who I, uh, aspired to be. I think, um, like personality wise, I'd have to say like Kevin Smith movies, um, just because that's, that, that, that was my jam from, uh, in my formative years. And I think that, uh, it informs a lot of, uh, kind of my pop culture obsession uh they're in love of everything meta um kevin smith movies are wonderful but uh it, 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 there and there aren't really any from like a kid I, you know i don't have that like bjp and ajp <laughs> experience with any uh given film not not i mean until i was already you know an adult and uh i think the movie that made me super kind of fall in love with what movies could be was uh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind i think i I was in uh junior year of high school when that movie came out and uh it blew my mind and continues to do so to this day um but almost famous is probably the biggest one for me Oh, yeah. I mean, Andy and I, uh, our answers are similar because we grew up together as most listeners know. I mean, I've known him since I was 10. Um, so obviously, almost famous was what the first thing that came to my mind because i also wanted to be a journalist and uh that's kind of a blogger is the best i can approach that nowadays from life choices and whatnot but uh i love that movie so much and uh, i'm a huge fan of joanna robinson she's a a writer at vanity fair and uh ubiquitous podcaster she's got a ton of them but her twitter bio says one of cameron crow's uncool uh, which is to quote the F- Philip Seymour Hoffman line from that movie. If you haven't seen it, we definitely are, watch it. You're not cool. <laughs> uh, I fucking love that movie very, very much. And um, yeah, definitely a huge Kevin Smith fan. You know, we watched all the clerks animated. He was, you know, just a lot of our personality is imbued from his uh, irreverence and uh, just willingness to be a nerd. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was thinking about it, I, Braveheart. I think I've talked about on the show before how much I loved that fucking movie when I was a little kid. Um, I've always had an obsession with like swords, you know what I mean? And that those stories born of that kind of, whether it be fantastical or medieval. um, I absolutely loved Braveheart for whatever. I mean, I'm talking, I don't know how old I was probably seven or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, just definitely not old enough to watch that movie or and nowhere near old enough to understand it but you got to to be that young and be able to watch a, you know a three hour plus film as many times as i did it had to be formative and and, and wonderful and um i gotta say lord of the rings though like that trilogy yeah true i mean that, that Bredheart, braveheart bread breadheart which is the weird <laughs> it's actually it's a brave little toaster braveheart crossover event and few have seen it's called breadheart they can take the crust off of us but they can never take <laughs> our freedom hold uh in the toaster loaf <laughs> oh jesus 
But yeah, I watched Lord of the Rings, Andy and I, probably a hundred times. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We were so obsessed. Many. And uh, yeah, so I would say. The world has I mean, changed. I'm basically, I think I'm Frodo. I would say Andy Sam. In the water. Would you not agree? Say what? I'm Frodo, you're Sam. I think so. I can see that. Who would I be? You would, de- who Gimli? would Steve be? I would be Gimli. Yeah, you showed up halfway yeah. through the movie and just like, and my axe. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sweet. You, you have to toss me. <laughs> you have to toss me. <laughs> Steve took us to the mines of Moria. <laughs> Don't tell Never me. trust an elf. And Steve frequently delves too deep. I have to <laughs> say that it's from true. personal experience. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um, they call it a mine. A mine. <laughs> let's let's throw it back. Uh, not that. <laughs> Don't throw that back. What, what are we doing? All right. Next question, Steve. Yeah. This one comes in from <laughs> Kate. Kate. Kate writes a very short but powerful question. Tying in with our last answers, I believe. What the fuck is your origin story? Mm. And... I was talking with Andy and Steve before the show. I, I think she meant the origin of the podcast. And Andy said, no, I think she means like how uh, the three of us met. And I'm not really sure. Um, I guess they're all kind of the same thing. So yeah. again, Andy and I have known as lifelong friends. We had another podcast that I will not, that shall not be named. Um, that didn't do as well. And very rarely focused on uh, film and TV, even though that's what we wanted it to be because those episodes did very poorly. Mm-hmm. Nobody seemed to give a fuck about, we had a decent listenership, but they didn't care at all. What we thought about TV and film, which was very sad. So we spent a lot of time talking about like controversial societal topics and whatnot. And Andy and I just keep, we've known each other for so long. We have tried countless novels, comic books, blogs, bands, so uh, films, uh, nobody's ever cared much about any of it, but we just gosh darn love creating it. And uh, <laughs> we try. Well, get a little Irish there. And, and so, yeah, oh, I get tired and I just do that. Uh, <laughs> Andy, how did you meet Steve? So that's um, how I met Steve. So let's go there. So I met Steve uh, in Norse Film Society, a film club at uh, NKU where we both went to school. And George Clooney, too. That is a fact. Um, we were both uh, non-traditional students at that point, uh, returning students. Uh, and uh, I, I, I don't even remember how I found out about film club. I, I feel like it was maybe one of the classes I was in. They, the teacher was. Uh, yeah, I remember you just showed up one day. Yeah. Um, the, 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 <laughs> the, the teacher. Well, that sounds weird, but like at that point in time, it's kind of a click. And yeah, in North Film Society at that time was like ten people that always went and then if anyone ever showed up, it was like well who's that oh hey <laughs> come come here let's don't swear in front of them don't scare them away <laughs> don't swear um, <laughs> so I, I feel like it was extra credit for a class or something to to have gone to that and 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 i didn't do it for the extra credit i i, I it was very much a uh, they were scamming people to come to our club well how um, did i not know about this <laughs> It was, uh, I can't, I can't honestly don't remember, but I feel like it was extra credit, but anyway, and I didn't go for that. It was very much a, uh, oh, what the fuck? There's a film club. Of course I'm going to go to that. Right. Kind of, kind of thing. Uh, cause Chris and I had just started getting into, uh, trying to make movies at the time. Like I had just bought my first camera and, uh, we were either had just done or were about to do our first short film. Um, no, I think we had definitely already done it. We had already filmed that way prior um, because while you were in the film club is when fitness freak came out. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that would have been, the that would have been your third, right. Attempt. Thir- third one. Okay. And yeah. Uh, listener, if you look up on YouTube, uh, fitness freak 
horror short film. <laughs> you can find that. Well, I mean, if you just search fitness freak, it's a bunch of like gym bros, but right. Um, <laughs> but no, I made that as a part of Norse film society. And so that's where I met Steve. Uh, Steve, you, were you vice president? I yeah, I was vice president Ooh. of Norse Film Society. So you were the it, Mike Pence of Norse Film Society. I was. I kind of stood by. I guess I should have went Kamala Harris there, but I called every woman mother. And <laughs> <laughs> no, like I was vice president at the time. I remember Andy showed up, and I immediately kind of gravitated towards Andy because you know we were both non traditional. We're a lot older than everybody older else in that room. Students, yeah, uh, we, <laughs> we're elder statesmen. So I was like, oh, hey, fellow. <laughs> kid <laughs> almost 30 year old <laughs> right. let's let's hang out and um and then of course so uh we were doing a program at the time called the horror roulette which was um the original idea of it was people would get together in the group they would they everyone came up with six teams and they would make six different horror films this was this was over the course of october you know six films like the chamber of a revolver roulette ha 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 clever um (laughs) (laughs) but what but and all these movies were supposed to take place on the same night so there was going to be like intersecting threads that kind of led to believe like oh Oh, i forgot they're in the same universe so there was like a huge writing meeting between all the team members and like we're like okay what's your script how can we connect it to any of these other scripts and like we did all this stuff none of it happened two of the teams dropped out and didn't do anything Mm. there was only four films made but i remember andy's film standing out yeah both your guys film because chris you were i was in it i was in it yeah you were the the victim that was actually it's funny the least involved I've been in any project Andy's been involved in and the most successful project Andy's ever had. <laughs> and I, I don't know about I that. I try not to take it personally that those two things are happening at the same time. Well, it's, <laughs> but I was in it. But I, I remember watching that film and Dude, just your being blown away. Movie. Yeah, because it's a horror film about a, you know, a gym guy who kills people who goes to a gym, basically, right? Correct. And uh, I just remember the way it was shot was so much better than the other films that were made mine included. My film looks like shit. Oh, thanks man. And, uh, no, like, like seriously, like, like everyone else was like, that's a student film. Like these are all good student films. And Andy's film came on. I was like, wow, that actually looks like it could be like an actual indie film. Um, and so like, and then you and I like started working together and just became, you know, good friends at mm-hmm. NFS for a while. And then a couple months later, there was the, uh, the NKU had a film festival called Oink. Oink. The, what was it? What was Oink short for? The, um, uh, I kind of forget now. Ohio independent, Northern, independent Northern, Northern Kentucky or I don't something know. Something like that. The NK was definitely Northern Kentucky. Yeah. So it, it was just you somewhere. It was just a bunch of people like you didn't have to be an NKU, like a bunch of people. If you made a film in the area, you can submit it. And so it was basically a class of students who studied Ohio, film Indiana, festivals. Indiana, Northern Kentucky. Yes, you were correct. But it was basically a class of film festival. Uh, as a class of students studying film festivals, their final project was to curate and put on a film festival. And you submitted Fitness Freak. I was in that class, so I was helping run it. And that was the first time I met Chris because Chris came to the debut. And I remember that was like, we didn't really talk that much. I was like, oh, hey, good to meet you. You were great in that movie. I watched you die. (laughs) I have uh, no memory of meeting you there. Um, But I remember that that event was really cool to like on a such a small scale, but to kind of like to watch the film you made in a group of other people who had never seen it is so fun. 
That is, uh, that is such an important experience for people who are yeah. budding filmmakers is being to watch other people watch your movie on a big screen. Mm-hmm. It's very informative. But how I remember meeting you is our next project. <laughs> the, 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 I think we've talked about it on the show before. Yeah. Um, it I, used to be in the show notes. I don't know how much we, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> God, why that's brazen. So, <laughs> so this is kind of fine. I don't want to take up too much time, but it is, I mean, it's kind of what the mailbag's for. It's a funny story. If I know we've told it before, but so I call Andy with, and this is why Andy had more success with an idea that was wholly his that he let me help with. Right. So I call Andy with this idea I have for a movie and I want it to be about, uh, sex and about sexual identity. And I want it to be extremely graphic and raw. And I call Andy and I pitch my idea to him and he's like, I don't think that's going to work. Because it was even as fucked up as Kinsey is, it was way worse. It was my version. Oh God, was, I got to hear this at some time. I yeah, I don't know if I can tell you on air, but yeah. it was way more graphic. And so Andy said, I like it, eh, but let's tone it down. And I have this theory that with me being as psychotic as I am, that I need not be tempered. <laughs> that if you just let me run a completely amok, <laughs> it would be more successful than with Andy's like more sensible versions peppered in. That's my theory. All right. <laughs> I've told Andy my theory before so anyway go ahead no you go ahead i was just gonna say the writing process even though the movie did not turn out the way that we want to the writing process was actually kind of cool um we uh, wrote it in a day and we weren't Mm -hmm. even together we were emailing each other like he would write a scene and i would write my version of it and then uh and then i would kind of like combine the two oh my dog's just limping out here why are you so limpy (laughs) um but uh and so then like he, he would send me a, a version. I would write my version of it. I'd send it back to him. And then he would edit the version that I just edited it and send it back to me. And we're like, okay, next scene. And just back and forth. And we did it over the course of just like five or six hours or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I was, I'm really proud of it. It's just, you know, executing an idea once written is, is very difficult, you know, cause you, you rely on so many other people and I, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. just, I've had so many instances where like the script and I see it in my head and I, I have such respect for filmmakers who can make the vision in their head. And I'm sure it's changed, but just be anywhere near what they saw is, is just really difficult. But you can watch that as well. It's called Kenzie and it's on Vimeo. Uh, be warned. Don't go straight there. Listen to the rest of this. <laughs> There's graphic nudity, some of which is mine. Uh, it did not, <laughs> I watch it nowadays cause you I, starred in it too. Like, I don't know if you mentioned that before, did yeah, you? Yeah. So I starred in it. Well, I didn't want to ask anyone else to do what I was wanting. So the casting process was very interesting and you know, but we were, I'm very proud of how we executed it. We had, mm-hmm. uh, 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 mostly not mostly, but uh, would you say majority female ca- uh, crew? Uh, yeah, I, I would. Cause I'd we, say it's about half. Cause half we, we, half. we, we required uh, the female actor to, to do nudity and stuff as well. And nobody this is one other thing I'm proud of is as far as like local, no budget short films and stuff. When I, when I tried to ask the community, like, how do you, how do you do sex scenes and how do you respectfully handle this sort of material? Even like the most accomplished filmmakers in the area were like, I have no idea. Only know what I've read. Like, let me know how it goes. Like I would love to help. Holy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I kind of felt yeah. like 
It's an intimidating endeavor. Nobody's yeah. like dared to do this without like a bunch of professionals that definitely know what they're doing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so Steve was recruited to help with that and he was gracious enough. And and that, that project was very stressful and actually cost quite a bit. And that was a three day shoot, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, uh, we had some wonderful people involved, but we did, we did a lot of reading Andy and I about like how to handle it, you know, without being a creep a or B just, you know, being rude or however you want to phrase it. Mm-hmm. And we read a lot about, uh, the handmaiden, which was a movie that was, I loved at the time. There's a lot of graphic nudity. And, and we read in that, that most of the set and cast and crew were asked to leave during the worst, you know, worst, but most nude scenes. Um, and, uh, a lot of female crew were used to help the, the, the female actors feel comfortable. So that's what we, you know, tried to mm-hmm. try to think about that as well. And we had some of the best people ever on that set, uh, Steve, I mean, you were what, like three different things for sure. AD grip, yeah. uh, definitely best boy. Yeah. I was, I, <laughs> I think I just, I did like three or four jobs. I think job. I pitched it to you as being assistant camera. And then yeah, I definitely you did, did a lot more than that. I was pulling focus at one point. So yeah, you were, that was a very, I was pulling do, focus too. Do you remember where I was when that, that was like one of the most, like that, that's a moment where I was doing my job thinking like, my life is interesting. Yeah. So that's how I got to that. That's why I don't remember Steve from the film festival. That's how I met Steve. We're in my, the, the house that I lived in at the time. I am completely naked except occasionally <laughs> because our modesty pouch did not come in the mail on time. I had a, cr- Oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah. We ordered one. I had a, I, yes. know that. I had a, we did order one for those that don't know males that do sex scenes sometimes use what's called a modesty pouch where you basically tuck for lack of a better i'll just say what it is you tuck your cock and balls <laughs> into a pouch that prevents it from touching the other performers right uh so i was like oh no oh no what do i do and so andy was like eh, i got an idea and he <laughs> he pulled a crown royal bag uh, out of velvety his, purse the velvety coin purse looking thing the purple and gold out of his car and I, that's where I had tucked my junk and tied the drawstring. And so I was just walking around with that swing in and Steve with all his equipment, like, Hey buddy. <laughs> and Steve, you were great because you did not know me. It was a very uncomfortable situation and you never made it weird. I just have to say, well, I got to say like the, at one point you asked me if I wanted a shot of crown Royal and <laughs> we were so professional on this. and that was, and that was the moment I'm like, I, I love this guy. <laughs> Everybody was awesome in that movie. But so how we started this show, um, Chris, it was actually your idea to bring Steve on. I was, uh, was it mm-hmm. sure was awesome. Good fucking oh, job, sweet. Chris. I didn't know. I didn't we know. We started this. talking about the idea of doing a stranger things podcast. I remember yeah. where I was. I was, uh, uh, on the phone with you rolling pizza dough at my, the restaurant I worked at at the time, uh, the old fashioned way. And, uh, I got my Bluetooth headset on. I'm talking to Andy You're like the shows. We should, we need to start another podcast. This one should be exclusively about TV and film. He's like, yeah, totally. And I was like, you know, let's do a stranger things one. And call it streaming things. And then because the title is so like ubiquitous sounding, if we get any kind of listenership, we can continue it once the show's over and just talk about other things that stream, which haha is almost everything. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah. And Steve just seemed like such a good guy. In fact, the time of the, the joke of the time was we called him Stu from 
What We Do in the Shadows. The movie What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> Stu, who's such a good guy. Aww. And that is how streaming things was born and uh, just immediately loved our chemistry and had such a good time. Those early yeah. episodes are just filled with genuine belly laughter. I mean, I, I didn't know how clever Steve was. I just knew him as the guy that could. I don't even know if we knew that you had did other podcasts. Definitely didn't. No, because I, so I remember Andy, Andy called me. I remember I was living with my mom at the time and I was in her basement and Andy called me. I'm like, what the fuck is Andy Casson calling me? <laughs> when Andy I don't want to see any more dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to shot a crown royal. <laughs> no, but Andy, Andy called me and he, he pitched the idea. And I was like, that sounds great. And he's like, do you know how to like, do you know have any equipment equipment that you can use? I'm like, yeah, man, I've done like three podcasts. All, oh, really? all of them have fallen flat on their face, but uh, I've done them. <laughs> Interesting. I don't remember that. But that's our origin story. Yeah. And now we're here. We started at the bottom and now we're slightly above the bottom. Yeah. Why is Andy Casson calling me an origin story? And I sometimes still wear that crown royal bag. That's going to be the the title of my like memoir. Why is Andy Casson calling me? (laughs) (laughs) And our next question on mailbag. Comes in from friend of the show, Sam Stevenson. I almost called him Stam Stevenson, which is a much cooler name. I would consider changing it, Sam. Mm-hmm. Sup, nerds, he writes, your friend Sam here. Love hearing your beautiful voices each week. Now, we all know Steve absolutely hates Jonathan Lipnicki. So my question for you all is what Saturday Night Live sketch deserves to be made into a movie the most? out of the ones who haven't been created already, of course. And what would the plot be for that film? I'm expecting each of you to come up with separate answers. I'm sorry, we got homework. I'm sorry, Sam. Mine would be, what's up with that? The plot would be that the show, what's up with that, is in danger of being canceled. In a last-ditch effort, DeAndre Cole must plan out on one big what's up with that special to raise money and save the show. He would have to go get as many guests as possible. And we will see the behind the scenes of the show being planned, choreographed and performed. Andy. That's detailed. That's detailed. What is your who, who response? Who was the guy that you hate? I'm going to be honest with you. When he wrote that in, I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Obviously, Steve hates him. <laughs> he might've just been throwing that in there. Like, fuck with me. Uh, so there is a skit on, um, Saturday Night Live. There's it's like a news segment thing with uh, Seth Meyers, and uh, they have had uh, this character that Bill Hader plays come in a couple of times called Stefan. And so Stefan is oh like, sorry Jonathan Lipnicki's little Jerry Maguire kid, Maguire kid. yeah Stuart Little <laughs> Jerry Maguire. I hate that kid. <laughs> he grew up to be Guy Fieri. I mean, you know. <laughs> um, no. So Stefan is a. Um, a club promoter from New York City. And so basically the whole skit every time is uh, Bill Hader as Stefan, uh, this like effeminate foreign man with this bizarre haircut. Uh, is he foreign? I, I think so. It's just, maybe it's just the accent that he puts on. He's like, or maybe it's just an effeminate this voice. Club has everything. It has everything. Got babies and Mozart wigs. Um, <laughs> but no, so the movie that I would want to see would be uh, Stefan. 
um, first off, being a club promoter, and we get to see some of these insane fucking uh, nightclubs that he he talks about because every time it's just like an insane teleprompter, like one of the most bizarre things that we can uh, throw on there and basically try to make Bill Hader break character. Look up on YouTube, Stefan, Bill Hader breaking character. It's hysterical. But uh, I would like to see Stefan as a club promoter going to these insane clubs. And then I would like to see him uh try to break out on his own and open his own club. And I would want to see him try to top all of these other insane clubs that he has been promoting early on <laughs> and just try to throw everything in and uh, have it be kind of like a, uh, a coming of age, a coming of age story, almost like a uh, Brigsby bear, like a uh, look at this, you know, grassroots, we're going to do it ourselves and maybe the people won't love it, but I'm, I'm staying true to myself. And this is, this, this club is, will have everything. Right. <laughs> uh, no, I think that could be awesome. Steve, <laughs> what did you come up with? So I've been really, I, I have, I, I'm so my favorite SNL skit in recent years is the Donald Trump Jr. and Eric Trump skits. I don't know if you've seen those where it's basically Donald Trump Jr. like, going, we're here to defend our father. And then the other guy's like, and I'm Eric. And it's just, <laughs> it's like the, those two together crack me up, but I can't like really think of like how you can construct a movie around that without like, you know, being like, like, like no, I think people are like trumped out. Like they don't want to do anything with Trump's anymore. Mm -hmm. So I, I also thought of another Bill Hader sketch. Uh, and that was uh, Vincent Price's holiday specials. Did you ever see these? No, I haven't. So it's Bill Hader playing Vincent Price. And the, and the conceit is he's, doing he's doing holiday specials as vincent price he's like welcome to vincent price's christmas special and and like he brings celebrity guests and they're always like uh who's the one who plays dorothy from wizard of oz judy uh judy garland, judy garland. so like uh, kristen wig is judy garland and she's like i took all the pills and like it's just <laughs> like this the supposed to be family um family live tv program is falling apart because all the celebrities he has on are like like horrible people in one way shape or form and like it's usually him and fred armison plays liberace and he's like you're really not trying to keep it secret are you liberace and oh, oh, it's really funny so i'm trying to think like maybe they can make a tv like an actual movie of of like leading up to one of his specials where it's like he's trying to get people to be on a show and you can get a bunch of different celebrities coming in pretending to be other celebrities oh that'd be cool uh and then it culminates with the show and it's it's basically like those sketches but blown up into a larger scale where it leads it the whole uh show is them creating the the the, the special the holiday special seeing it air and fall apart and but they save it at the last second or something hmm. um but yeah that's that's a great skit look those up if you have a chance i would watch both of those movies oh and bill Hader, by the way is a national treasure hmm. he is i feel like he's in great danger of nicholas cage stealing him protect him yeah. protect Pro him at all costs must protect uh, okay, so I thought I didn't do my homework, Sam. I very much apologize. So this is straight off the cuff. And I haven't watched much Saturday Night Live in the past decade or so. I'm more of a Chris Farley, Adam Sandler era reruns SNL guy. However, how about the Papyrus sketch? <gasps> yes! With Ryan Gosling. And that becomes an entire movie about a just disheveled conspiracy theorist 
Psycho. That's one of the best sketches ever. Who logs on to, he, no, he is Q from QAnon. <laughs> and he spends all his time hunting the papyrus font across the world. Nay, across time. Because he invents a time machine. Yeah, if you're not familiar with the sketch, it's, it's sketch. 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 Right, right. I fucking love the sketch. Ryan Gosling plays a guy whose life is falling apart because he's obsessed with the fact but that the person who created the, the logo for the movie Avatar just used papyrus. Just papyrus. <laughs> and so he's like showing up at the guy's house like, you know what you did? <laughs> you know what you did? <laughs> it's, it's so good. I would watch an entire 90 minutes of that. Yeah, Without I would too. That is a great pick. But I would say uh, I loved his skit when, it, like, he and his wife like are super overly sexual and really believe in Santa Claus. Yeah. And like, yeah. when's he gonna show up? You said he's coming. <laughs> I rewatched the party. Goddamn mind. <laughs> I rewatched Nice Guys recently. By the way, speaking of Gosling and comedic timing, absolutely perfect with that man. Thank you so much, Sam Stevenson. Next question. Mailbag. This comes from friend of the show, Phil. And it's a very serious question. So you have Mm. to think long and hard about it. Marry, lustfully pursue with no strings attached or kill. Right. So this is, I think, very similar to the game. Uh, f- Mary, fuck, kill. Uh, <laughs> fuck, Mary, kill. Uh, order. Uh, whatever order. Iron Man. Whatever order. Thor and Hulk. So we have to marry. What was the middle one? Lustfully pursue with no I strings attached. I guess it has attached. to be in that order. Otherwise, you kill, Mary and fuck. And that's pretty weird. Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> put that sequence together. All right. So Iron Man, Thor, Hulk. I'll start it off. I think I got this one. This one's actually pretty easy, Phil. If you really start to think about it. So you got. Iron Man, I will marry because he's for the money for the money. And also he seems like a, even though it would be emotionally a distant at times, just a very loving, genuine person who he'll love you 3000. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. He would certainly love me 3000. Exactly. Andy, uh, I think it's obvious that I would lustily pursue with no strings attached Thor. And I'd have to kill a hawk because just, he didn't talk about the Bruce Banner version at all. That's true. Right? So I would marry Iron Man, I would fuck Thor, and I would kill Hawk. I know, Steve. This, I know this is boring, but I actually gave this question some thought ahead of time, and uh-huh. it's 100% what you just did. Because I want to get that Iron Man money. Thor is a good-looking man. <laughs> I mean, I ain't got you nothing, but... I would go to town on that. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I would take Thor's yeah. hammer. Hemsworth is a very attractive man. Mm-hmm. And then if you kill the Hulk... Then you can just lord that over everybody for the end of time. Like, guys, 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 I killed the Hulk. Like, if if I if I went to a restaurant and like I'm like, uh, excuse me, ma'am, this is the steak is medium well. I ordered rare. So you'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, uh, ma'am, do you realize I killed the Hulk? Yeah, I saw him when he was angry, and I I gotta say I liked it. He was he, wrong. He was like, you won't like me when I'm angry. And I was all like, I don't like you any time of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you anyway. Blap, blap. <laughs> Andy, don't you think that's the answer? I mean, I that's objectively the answer. Really? I, I really don't. Okay. Ooh, okay. Lay it on us. So I would marry Thor because that would make me the queen of Asgard. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty cool. That is cool. Right? Right. Lady. I would be royalty. Um, My lady. <laughs> I would. Asgard lo- is a place. Is, is, isn't a place though, Andy. It's a people. That's that's fair. So you're sure you know that. I would uh, lustfully pursue with no strings attached the Hulk because I, I just gotta find out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I get what, it. Like, What's under those purple shorts? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't they ever tear? Okay. You know what I mean? 
something's going on down there. And then I would uh, kill Iron Man. That's 100%. terrible. So you can rid You're the, basically Thanos. I, I am 100%. But you would be ridding the MCU from half of the villains in, in the universe. It's true that. Because Iron Man makes half the villains in the MCU. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah, he's a terrible <laughs> person. He, he's basically a war profiteer. Uh, like he, he try, he's, he's trying to uh, pull a, a Netflix blockbuster uh, <laughs> situation and try to undo the damage. But there's a documentary coming out where Justin Hammer's like, yeah, I didn't get thrown in prison because of Tony Stark. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> little Iron Man 2 reference there. Oh, yeah. All right. We got another question from the mailbag. 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 This question comes in from Kelly Sundberg. And actually, I took a few semesters of Deutsch, and so her name would be pronounced Zundberg. And I just want you to know that. Oh. Drop some fucking knowledge on you. All right. Kelly's a wonderful person. I His confidence is back. <laughs> <laughs> are there any, she writes, are there any hidden gem, quote unquote, shows or movies that you evangelize? And then she says, I have two. North on Netflix. I think she meant both. Uh, that, that's, that's my fault. That's, I, I, I wrote these out. Yes, correct. That is a Steve typo, not a Kelly. You typo. shouldn't have trusted me to not read the typos. <laughs> One of them, she continues, is blown away. A glass blowing reality competition, and always be my maybe. A romantic comedy with Randall Park, Ali Wong, and a hell of a bit part by Keanu Reeves. Uh, so I think oh, that's question, the slow mo Keanu Reeves thing that was all over Twitter. I remember that. Does this have to be, you know, evangelized makes me think uh, shows that people typically don't watch, you would think, or like you try to get people to watch. Is that how you well, yeah, took she it? Said, she said it's a hidden gem, but what, what's, oh, that's a, true. what's a hidden gem that you're like, you have to see this, people. People. Get, get on with a, it. With a little more gusto than that, I would Come hope. Come on, watch it. Well, God. You have to see to this. this. Uh, Steve, do you have anything? Uh, I won't go too deep to because the thing that comes to mind, I've already evangelized it on this show, and that is uh, Netflix's The Dark Crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that show. I think it's beautiful. I seriously doubt we'll get a season two, which is really, really sad because no one watched it. But it's just art and amazing. And I mean, it's it's puppets, but like it really shows you what you can do with that medium in a very stylized way it's just a it's a great show i you know, go back to just creaming it where i'd lose my goddamn mind about this show while andy the uh, <laughs> fireball cinnamon whiskey down my throat the entire time <laughs> <laughs> uh i would have to say well the first thing that comes to my mind is the most recent and that's gangs of london which is only streamable via amc plus at least at the time of this recording um so you, you know you've heard my rant on that but you must see gangs of london uh very similar show also starring joe cole is peaky blinders which i know is a massively successful show but it feels like a lot of people in my personal life a la andy and steve um have not delved into the minds of moria that are peaky blinders and that's upsetting to me a mine a mine <laughs> um so mine uh and mine. I've, <laughs> I've evangelized this quite a bit. Uh it's not a TV show, it's a podcast, so that counts as a show. Limetown. Have I, I, I I've preached this to both of you, I'm sure, at some point. Chris, I think I even got you to watch or listen to it once, right? Yes. So Limetown is a fiction podcast. Um it is it, I have no memory of this place. It follows the story of a girl who is investigating a a city in which the entire population just one day disappeared. And uh, 
so she is interviewing uh like the um, police around the area and then out of nowhere uh, she suddenly gets a call from a survivor of the town and then from from that interview that she has with the survivor and that's the way that the show's presented it's essentially the interviews that this girl does with these survivors from this uh town where everybody mysteriously disappeared and it was like a town that was built for a purpose it was like a scientific community where they were doing these experiments and stuff and slowly over the course of the uh show it's it's, i think six episodes uh you start to find out what they were doing in the town and uh eventually how everybody came to ultimately disappear and where did they go um i have listened to that entire uh first season of the show probably a dozen times um it is absolutely phenomenal work i'm a huge fan of uh of fiction podcasts like that and like the show that i brought up during our uh crossing streams calls it's very much in that vein it's just an auditory um you know a, a radio drama and and that's what limetown is and so i 100 percent recommend that you guys give that a shot all right didn't they like option that or adapt yes it, it was adapted into a uh facebook watch original (laughs) starring jessica beal Um, yeah they have original programming on facebook Uh, i'm pretty sure it's called facebook watch um so i only watched the first episode of that it was not good not good um and i felt like it was kind of tarnishing um limetown for me so i stopped Oh, I know this is also recent. Became Lemon Town, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> but, am I right, boys? I want to take top, guys. <laughs> yeah, Andy, why you leave me hanging? <laughs> I want to take this moment to uh, evangelize uh, in and of itself on Hulu again. Yeah. I, know, I know that's also extremely recent, but I feel like a lot of the things I appreciate are just widely appreciated. Not because my taste is good, but because I'm a basic bitch. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I can't, I'm honestly drawing a blank on a blank on like some kind of I feel chestnut. like out of all three of us, you're the one who kind of deeps more into the more obscure things. Uh, yeah. Out of the three I don't know. I mean, they're, they're, a lot of the things I love that, okay, I'll just go out there then. There's, these are all like heralded already on film Twitter. Do you know what I mean? And that's where I spend most of my time. So I don't know what people like normal people watch and don't watch, but I have a feeling like one of my favorite movies of all time. I still think of a lot uh, is raw. Mm. Um, it's a, it's a French horror film. Um, it just never ever is it's always by my side i think of it at least once a week i don't know how many people i know it's it's very highly lauded and well awarded but i don't know how many people still watch it or think about it or talk about it if you have not seen raw please go watch it that's a beautiful beautiful film i'll throw that out there too that movie introduced me to french rap and it is fucking amazing well, yeah andy and i jammed to that forever blue put de tout le put <laughs> <laughs> it's sluttier than all the sluts it's what fire. that translates to dude it's my favorite de put le put my favorite part of raw is when stone cold comes out and says, man <laughs> not to be confused with monday night raw hell yeah okay i think we're running out of time i'm just gonna rapid fire some of the questions we did not get to feature and you just gotta kind of first thing that comes to mind okay. answer it guy. okay right. here so we go you guys can tune out listening at home but this is gonna be our rapid fire question rapid segment fire. okay spielberg and quentin tarantino steven spielberg quentin tarantino are both hanging from a cliff you can only save one of their lives however the one who falls to their death also erases all the movies they ever made from history 
Who do you choose to save? Explain why. Andy, go. Spielberg. He made better movies. <laughs> Spielberg. If you heard my list of influential films, half of them are Spielberg films. <laughs> I would have to say Tarantino just to be different. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's what I, I did think about this when it first got emailed in. So Spielberg is obviously the one to save because I feel like more other movies will be ripped from history if Spielberg had never existed. Right. I mean, like he's the basis of a lot of the ways that we, we view blockbusters, but I want to pick Tarantino because that might not necessarily be a bad thing. Sure. Looking back, Tarantino ushered in a wave of indie creators with unique visions Mm -hmm. and Spielberg ushered in a wave of giant bombastic blockbusters that took funding away from middling feature projects. So I don't know. Pick your, pick your favorite movie character who you think you would have a decent chance at kicking their ass <laughs> and explain how you would kick their ass. Like any character? And please, yes, please okay. be very detailed. Okay, so have you guys seen the movie The Theory of Everything? <laughs> oh, about no. Stephen Hawking. Okay, that's fair. I am pretty confident I could kick his ass. <laughs> I would do it with my fists. Okay. Have you ever seen the diving bell and the butterfly? <laughs> We're just going to name Oh, no. <laughs> this is getting really ableist. Yeah. Uh, You're right. I'm sorry. That was a bad Okay, joke. so no, I mean, I have you guys ever funny. seen Indiana Jones and the Crystal Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Unfortunately. Yes. I bet I could beat up Indiana Jones and Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because <laughs> he's ancient. Okay. I don't have an answer. And I do it with a whip. <laughs> and I feel really bad. Okay. Uh you ever seen Throw Mama from the Train? <laughs> no. Really? What is that? You've never seen Throw Mama from the Train? You, that's the first time I've ever heard that movie. So it stars... Called Action. The, have you seen The Goonies? I know Andy has not. Yeah, Jesus. I've seen The Goonies. Uh, so the, the evil mom from the, oh, the Fratellis? Yeah. Yeah, the, she stars in it. So she's like their mama? She's like this like hideous, mean mother. Uh, and I believe it's Danny DeVito that plays the son. Let me just double check. Throw mama from the train. Yeah, Danny DeVito. And it's got Billy Crystal as well. And so he wants to kill his mom and he plots on throwing her off the train. Oh shit, I, this is, yeah, I think I have seen this. Like on, on TV is when you were a yeah, kid. Yeah, like on TBS or something. I'm yeah. pretty sure I could kick mama's ass is what I'm saying. <laughs> and I would probably, I almost said run a train. This is a good question. I feel, I feel like, <laughs> just kick her right off the train. Be very detailed. Okay, this no, is right. a question I feel like there's a lot of good answers. Like I bet I could beat up Charlie's Grandpa from Charlie Chocolate Factory. And Charlie. <laughs> and, and Charlie. You're beat the shit out of Charlie. Fight Charlie and steal his gold <laughs> ticket, goddammit. Yeah, and then you can get in there. Any of the Oompa Loompas? I bet I could take stuff. And then I'd Violet. Just so crap. Why are you so Violet, Violet? You know what I mean? Because it's turning blue. <laughs> 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 Why are you so violent, Violet? Because I can't breathe. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad this conversation went where I wanted it to. All right, more rapid fire. Okay, Jennifer Aniston agrees to make out with you. However, in doing so, the first five seasons of Friends are erased from history. And do, do you kiss Aniston or let the world only have the worst five seasons of Friends in their lives? Didn't even know there were 10 seasons of Friends. Never watched it. I will not kiss Jennifer Aniston because I am married and I would tell her that and I would go watch Friends with my wife. Steve, you go. I wouldn't do it either because 
I don't know. That's weird. If she's like, make out with me. Like, yeah. I don't, I, don't, even, I don't know you. I, take, take me out to dinner first, Jen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> not a, I'm not a piece of meat. Yeah. Eyes up here, Jen. What am I, the Hulk? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then, we, okay. So we have a listener named Mike Grody. And he wrote in some weird ones. I'm not oh. going to lie to you. I'm going to read some of the ones I think are safe. Some of the safe. There, there are some unsafe ones. <sighs> okay. Would I you mean, rather have turned the safe ones into unsafe ones in our answers? Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather have teeth for hair or hair for teeth? Andy. Uh, hair for teeth. Steve. Uh, teeth for hair. Because then I. Is it all hair? Do you have like teeth hair on your pubes? Like little tiny tooths? If I had hair for teeth, I'd be like a whale. <laughs> I said little tiny tooths. Little tiny teeth all over your arms and legs? Or is it just the hair on your head? These are fat. These are great questions. Because oh, if it's you, just the hair on your head, I'd rather have teeth. <laughs> and I just wear a hat. You have or, teeth pubes. Or buzz. I guess I could shave all the hair. I shave all the teeth on my body and you still could. not have hair teeth like weird ass Andy over there. And they wouldn't grow back. Right. I could get dentures. I, you, I'm sure in this hypothetical. you Yeah, could. but then people would be like, why do you have hair in your mouth? Because in your universe, <laughs> teeth are hair. True. Right. I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah, does everyone else look like this? Yeah. Or is it just me? Is it just, are you just this weirdo? I hate this question. <laughs> Makes me uncomfortable. Okay. So similar to Stockholm syndrome, what other city, what would other city syndromes be? Mm. Oh, okay. So if, if you had Cincinnati syndrome, that just means you become irrationally angry when someone mentions a streetcar. Yes. <laughs> you could have Covingtonitis, which is basically just drug addiction. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. You could also have Tallahassee syndrome and you would just be extremely racist. <laughs> We're just, this just became like, well, let's blast random cities. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I just know like South has a reputation. I was trying to struggle there. Wasn't Stockholm syndrome supposed to be named after a person, though? I believe so. Really? I think so. Oh, that's I could a poorly be, I could named be city that, then I after think, the fact. And we need to do our psychological histories with the hell we yeah, need the, to do. The, the city council of Stockholm and that came out. We're like, oh, damn it. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't name it that. Our tourism board's going to go for shit. <laughs> uh, so this comes in from Shay uh, McCullough. And uh, she just oh, wanted to know what we thought of Queen's Gambit. And uh, we did appreciate Queen's Gambit quite a bit. We talked about it. Uh, at the beginning of our fourth reboot here recently, uh, we talked a lot about Queen's Gambit. I was fucking obsessed with Queen's Gambit. I love that show, uh, just so you know, Shay. And I absolutely adore it and recommend that everybody watch it. Um, and someone else also asked how we felt about Steve Harrison wrote in and asked how we yeah. felt about Queen's Gambit. So I wanted to shout out to you guys. Chris loved it. I think Andy and Steve loved it as well. I enjoyed it very much. I did not see it. Steve, I'm going to smack the living piss out of you one day. Just... <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, Steve, get up. Get up, Steve. Okay. You're whining. Nobody likes whining. This is the streaming things gambit. You make me do this. <laughs> what cartoon? Why are you turning okay. violent, Steve? This is a good one. Speaking of violent, what cartoon serial mascot probably has the darkest backstory? Lucky Charms. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Explain this to me. Okay, so the Lucky Charms guy, what is his thing? They're always after me, Lucky Charms. Who's they? That dude's seen some shit, mm-hmm. and that's why he's always on the run. That dude, I don't know what that past is, but it is criminal. He is truly just always on the run. That or tricks, because they say I tricks was are just say for kids, and I 
don't like where that is going. Agreed. It could be Agreed. the it could be the cookie crisp because they are literally burglars. Have you ever heard like the actual Tony the Tiger backstory? I was about to say that, dude. Really? Tony the Tiger has a backstory. Yeah, let me find it. Is 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 his backstory less than great? <laughs> There was a Twitter thread about it, and it was basically like this kid that gets turned into a tiger and basically just has to live like that for the rest of his life. Wait, so Tony the Tiger is an adult who originally was a human child, but now he's an adult tiger? Yeah, there was some Twitter thread about it, but part of me feels like the end of that thread was like, ha, 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 this was all a joke. April Fool's. Right, so I don't know that for sure, but it was basically like... The whole the whole premise of the thread was like, are we just going to give her the fact that like a little, little boy goes out to play and comes back a middle aged ty- talking cartoon tiger and the parents are just like, well, this is our life now. And just let's carry on from here. Tony. I, love the, I love the idea of people completely making up random bullshit by just going on to like, are we just going to forget the fact that Johnny Depp is actually a crab that put on a human suit? And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'd also like to float the Honey Smacks Frog because those that's like the worst cereal of all time. So he's got to be. And he's named his shit. cereal Smacks, and that dude that he's, he's yeah. yeah he's 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 a drug dealer. That's what I'm saying. I <laughs> can't find violence. the original Tony the Tiger thread. So just look it up on your own. Damn it, you all got phones. But it's highly interesting. So many mascots have dark. Uh, backstories, I'm sure. Booberry, he's a ghost. Mm-hmm. He probably died because a bunch of blueberries fell on him, and now his his existential waking crisis for the rest of eternity is being a fucking punchline. Like I'm Booberry because I got smashed by blueberries, and now I'm a ghost. The raisin bran guy constipated for decades before he invented the bran flakes. Am Count I right? Chocula bit by a Hershey bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that he was bit by Hershey bar? Everybody knows that, Blah. Steve. Hershey, a one, a two. That's the that's the owl. That's the owl from Mr. Uh, owl. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a sissy pop? A one, <laughs> a two, a three. There's like a little bit of a count in there. Yeah. Like throwing in a little uh, bit of the uh, count uh, from sesame. I don't know what's going on. You're uh, the voice guy. I'm tired. <laughs> I think that brings us to the end of them. What is it again that we were doing, Steve? Mailbag. That was fun. That was fun. Thank you guys so much for joining in. Again, don't forget to email us like everyone else did at streamingthingspod at gmail.com. Next week, we don't know. Tune in to find out. <laughs> My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. I'm sorry, David Agamemnon. We love you, David Agamemnon. Oh, so his, his insistence on more cowbell is actually... Why was why did you make him like very British and refined? More cowbell. This is what I do. <laughs> Please, sir. I want some more cowbell. He's got he's got Dickensian. <laughs> more cowbell. Please, sir. More cowbell. <laughs> We're tired. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this is as awesome as it feels, but I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs>